Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. I am Silver. Furrow Creek threaded the wastelands between the Plow Point Mountains and the town of Windfall, its flow swift, its gravel banks steep and high. At one point, fresh prospect holes appeared and the relics of old failure and despair were covered by a profusion of new and poorly chosen tools and camp supplies. Obviously, it was tenderfoot equipment, but the two men who lurked nearby had every mark of being desert-wise. Each carried a sawed-off shotgun. As one pointed to a soft spot in the bank, the other aimed his weapon at it and fired. Well, Stubb... That makes a couple of thousand dollars worth of gold we've shot into the gravel here. Yeah, what of it, Eler? Old lawyer Dad's had sold a plenty. He's a boss, and it's his dust. I reckon we can pan it out again if the scheme goes wrong. Pour a couple more loads into my scattergun, will you? Sure. Mine's still loaded. Well, say when. Yeah. That's enough. Right. Now ram in some wadding. 
Hey, the boss must figure on cleaning that young Easton and his wife out of all the cash that they're inheriting from their uncle, Peter Gibbons. Pete likely left 50 or or $100,000. Hit it rich in the Superstition Mountains once. Well, how come they started prospecting out here when they got that much coming to them? Well, they never knew anything about Pete till he died and the law shark sent for him. He made them believe they're only inheriting a few hundred bucks. <laughs> That's savvy. And they talked him into hunting gold. Saying to be a good way to kill time when the court settled the estate. Yeah, that chest is plenty foxy. Well, here goes both barrels again. Ah, Greenhorn ought to find that dust the first thing when him and his wife get back from town and start digging again. Just the same, we better save the gold that's left in my gun. He might take a notion to move on up the creek without looking here anymore. Then we'd have to salt another place. All right, I'll reload with shot. Might see a jackrabbit on the way back to the cave we're staying in. Several days later, the Lone Ranger and Toto, returning from the scene of an Indian uprising beyond the desert, rode up the creek. The dry edge of its bed made a natural roadway, and by following it, they were able to keep out of sight. We'll make camp at the first place where we can get a good view both up and downstream. We come to Bend now. Look! And woman there. Yes, there's something wrong with the woman. Come on, Silver. Get him up town. Wait, friend, we'll help you. Never mind my mask. What ails the young lady? My wife is so badly sunburned, she's out of her head. Easy, big fella, steady. Put her back on those blankets. But I've got to take her to a doctor. That won't be necessary. Pato, bring the medicine kit. No, me got it. No, you don't. Stay away from her. My Indian friend knows what he's doing. His herb medicine will relieve your wife's pain and reduce her fever. You sunburned too, fella. Let me put some on you. Here. Hey, that's wonderfully cooling. Gold. Gold, we're rich, Brad. Keep digging. Hush, Martha. The poor kid's delirious. She'll be all right as soon as her temperature goes down. Keep digging. The ground is full of it. You've been prospecting here? Uh, Yes, Martha and I... I'm Brad Clark from New Jersey. We thought we'd try our luck. Well, expert prospectors have been over every foot of this ground. Experts have been wrong before. But I... I guess we never really expected to find gold. We've been sort of... Sort of honeymooning. Oh, I see. Well, if you want an opinion about gold prospects around here, see Tin Cup Smith when you get back to Windfall. Tin Cup Smith? Is he a friend of yours? No, but I've heard enough about him to know that he'll give you an honest opinion. He's a famous prospector and owns an equally famous dog named uh, Deuce. A woman be all right in the morning, but not good for her being sun for a couple of weeks. Better you travel at night. I understand. Thanks, gentlemen. You've been very kind. We may see you again, Brad. Adios. Monsieur. Sitting in a shabby office, which was part of his pretense to honest poverty, Lawyer Dodd contemplated the cracked ceiling with a thin smile. His plan for swindling Brad and Martha Clark was working well. Just as he expected, the two young Easterners came to his office and expressed the desire to buy the land along Furrow Creek. Dodd told them he owned it and agreed to sell for a small price. After leaving the lawyer's office, Brad and Martha talked as they walked down the street. Well, Martha... 
How does it feel to be a millionaire? Oh, I don't know, Brad. You don't? Didn't we pan out a couple of hundred dollars worth of dust in one day? And isn't all that land as good as ours now? I suppose so. But I just don't feel right about it. We're taking advantage of that old lawyer. Well, we'll make him a partner after we take legal possession. He might not be so generous with us if we let him in beforehand. Darling, I knew you couldn't be greedy. Hey, what's that crowd doing in front of the cafe? They're watching an old fiddler with a dancing dog. Let's go over, Brad. Maybe he's the fellow the masked man spoke about. expect you're the heirs of my old partner, Pete Gibbons. Oh, that's right, Mr. Smith. Mr. Clark and I are both glad to meet a friend of our uncle. Deuce, tell the lady the color of her hair. Speak once for black, twice for brown, three times for red, and four times for yellow. Her hair is red. But I thought dogs were colorblind. I read that everything looks gray to them. Yeah, I reckon that's so. Some folks think I sign to do, sir. Tell him how to speak by the way I say things. But I don't. He knows what I know. Do you mean he reads your mind? Who knows? Maybe it's what the engines call the big mystery. The big mystery? Well, that's all, folks. The show's over for today. Well, let's go, Brent. Wait, my friend. I want to ask Mr. Smith something. All right, dear. Not Mr., just Tin Cup. <laughs> well, Tin Cup, why is it everyone thinks there's no gold in Furrow Creek? Because there isn't. If you struck gold there, it'd be a heap sight queerer than deuce known colors. Fact is, the place where you found it would have to be salted. Salted? I don't understand. That means that the ground has been fixed. By somebody shooting a little gold into it. <laughs> Greenhorns get swindled that way. Brad, do you suppose... I don't that... know. But I'd like to have Tin Cup go out to our camp on the creek and take a look where we've been panning. Well, seeing as how you're kin to old Pete, I'll go out there tonight. Take a look-see in the morning. Come on, Deuce. <laughs> Stubb reported the meeting of the Easterners and Tin Cup to Lawyer Dodd. The next day, from the brink of the bank which towered above the Clark's camp, Stubb and Gila looked down at Tin Cup Smith and his dog. The old prospector was moving back and forth along the creek bed, kneeling from time to time and sifting gravel through his fingers. As he reached a point directly below the two crooks, Stubb glanced back at a fuse which curled across the rim rock and disappeared into a fissure. Gila... Are you sure you put in enough blasting powder? It'll blow everything this side of the creek right down on him. Well, then get ready to touch it off. Uh, that infernal dog's trying to warn him. Uh, Tin Cup getting up and looking around. Light the fuse. There she goes. Come on. Holy mackerel. Look what we've done. Buried Tin Cup under a thousand tons of rock and dirt. Uh, we didn't get his dog, though. Listen. Ah, uh, there's that crazy critter again. Gives me the creeps having to stay in this cave and listen to him. He's been at it ever since we got the old man. What'd the boss tell you when you was in town today? Ah, he said for us to stay here. 
Just like those Easterners don't want to sign off till they hear from Tin Cup. <laughs> He'll have to wait a long time. Not scared they'll turn him down. If that happens, they come back here, we're to tend to him. Then he'll forge their names. Hey, that hound's getting closer. He knows where the old man is, and us too. Some desert rat might hear him and come snooping around. I'll get him. Where are the scatterguns? Yeah, right here. There he is, just outside the cave. Shoot! I hit him. Had the gun right on him. Well, then how come you didn't drop him? Hey, strike a match, Sheila. Hmm? Yeah, just as I figured. I got hold of the wrong gun. What? We left this and loaded to do some more salting. What I shot at that curve was a hundred dollars worth of gold dust. Meanwhile, the Lone Ranger and Toto had made camp some miles upstream, where the banks widened and the water flowed around many tiny islands, each covered with luxuriant grass. As Silver and Scout needed pasturage after their desert journey, and the difficult crossing of the Plow Point Range lay ahead, the two men had spent several days mending damaged equipment and reshoeing their horses. As they completed their work, the masked man noted a change in the creek. Toto. Water's rising. Ah, that's strange. It's not rain in mountains lately. Something has stopped the flow below us. Or maybe landslide. That's the case. The young Easterners may need help. Get them out of these. Come Water soon cover whole creek bed. We better get to the top of the bank. Here's a place where the horses can climb up. Come on, boy. Get up. Look. Dog there, Barack. Yes, he's hurt. Oh, 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 oh. Take a look at him. There, now, 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 me not hurt you. I still, boy. Toto, the marks on this dog's back are like those on Tin Cup's dog, Deuce. Him oh, know that name. Deuce, where is Tin Cup? Oh, him get up to show us. But him got bad leg. Examine his right hip. Ah. You find plenty bright stuff buried in hair. Ah. Now me find wound. Feel bullet. Not deep. He take it out pronto. Easy, Deuce. Easy, boy. There it out now. Look like buckshot. Let me see it while you treat the wound. Good dog, Deuce. Good. Me pick you up. And we find Tinker. Toto, this isn't buckshot. It's a little gold nugget. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
to continue our story. Tin Cup Smith, the fiddling prospector, had been murdered, and Deuce, his dancing dog, wounded by mine salters, bent on swindling a young couple from the east. Coming upon the dog as they rode down Furrow Creek to investigate the rising water, the Lone Ranger and Tonto found that he had been hit by a charge from a gold-loaded gun. The Indian was saying, No one shoot dog with gold but crazy man. Or a mine salter. Think of that. What do you think happened to Tin Cup? I, I'm afraid he's dead. Uh, maybe Deuce lead us to him. If this rising water means what I think it does now, we can spare him the pain of using his crippled leg. Take him on your horse, Toto. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Scout. As the masked man and Indian rode up out of the creek bed, Stubb and Gila emerged from their cavern hideout a short distance above the landslide which had buried Tin Cup Smith. Stubb leading the way as they pushed through the narrow mouth with bowed backs, suddenly halted. Gila, look down below us. Hey, that creek sure has come up a lot since that blast caved in the bank. It'll flood this place before long. We got all our gear. We can camp somewhere else. Let's get up the bank. Yeah. Better see if those greenhorns are back. Hey, there's someone coming up here. Headed right toward us. Yeah, I can see him now. It's Lawyer Dodd. His coattails are flying. Well, we wasn't expecting you, boss. Yeah, those clocks won't shine. They're on their way out here. Well, we could have taken care of them ourselves. This job has got to be done right. Before they left town, Mrs. Clark notified Sheriff Brady that Tin Cup is missing. Ah, this sheriff won't go hunting an old desert rat. Well, he wouldn't ordinarily. But he's the kind who'd do anything for a woman. Particularly a young, good-looking woman like Mrs. Clark. He'll show up sooner or later. <laughs> He'll never find Tin Cup. But if he should, it'll look like the old coot got killed accidentally. What about his dog? He got away when we blew in the bank. Later on, we shot at it, and now it's gone. Yes, for good, I hope. How do you aim to get rid of those greenhorns? We'll arrange another accident. A landslide? Don't be a fool. We couldn't get away with two of them. I'm thinking about that cave you fellas stayed in. The cave? There's a big boulder close to the mouth. The three of us can pry it loose and push it over far enough to keep anyone inside from getting out. Yeah, Let me talk. We'll capture the clerks, shut them in there, and let them drown. If they're found, it'll look as though they were hunting tin cup and got trapped when water loosened the rock. They call me Healer. Oh, Silver. Oh, 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 easy. Cut it out. There's dust coming out of that dry wash ahead, Toto. Ah, that rider there. Him coming out. There he is. Wearing a star on his vest. Howdy, gents. Oh, 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 there. Hello, Sheriff. You... You got a mask on. Don't let it excite you. I'm not an outlaw. Outlaw or not, I'm coming, you freeze. All right, Sheriff, but it might be more to your advantage if you treat us as friends and tell us why you're out here. I'm looking for Kincomb Smith and his dancing dog, Deuce. Say, that engine's got a dog wrapped in a blanket. Uh, Let's see it. And you look. Why, that's Deuce. And you wouldn't have him if Tin Cup wasn't dead. We know about Tin Cup and Deuce. Sure you know. You know that dog would be a gold mine in the show. So you murdered the old man and stole Deuce. Of all the mean, low-down crimes I ever heard Sheriff, of. Sheriff, I can explain. Do your talking after I take your guns and put you in cuffs. Now get off your horses after I dismount. 
Traveling up from Windfall along a stretch of creek bed that was now completely dry, Brad Clark and his bride reached the landslide. For a moment, they stared in awe at the vast mass of stones and gravel which covered their camp and prospect holes. Then Martha gasped. Brad, that poor old man may be under there. His dog, too. I'm afraid so. Oh, Brad, it was our fault. He came here for us. Ah, oh, darling, you shouldn't feel that way. I can't help it. There's nothing we can do, and you shouldn't be here. So let's go back to town. We can't. The sheriff told me he'd meet us on the creek. We've got to wait and tell him everything. Didn't you tell him what Tin Cup was doing for No, us? I didn't want to cast suspicion on anyone, but now and I... there's someone behind us. It was most considerate of you not to mention me, young lady. It's Lawyer Dodd. He and those other two men have been hiding and listening. Yes, you're right. Oh, Brad. Don't point those guns at us. We're not armed, and you're frightening my wife. Indeed. <laughs> then I apologize. Let's get on with the job, boss. We can't take chances with the sheriff around. What are you going to do to us? Uh, remove you, shall we say. We know you're a cheat, but we haven't any evidence that would put you in jail. You don't have to... You don't have to do anything desperate. I cover my tracks well. There's nothing left to tell why the late Tin Cup Smith departed this world or who hastened his departure. It will be the same in your case. Dodd, if it's our little inheritance you want, we'll sign... I wouldn't have you as much as touch my wife for all that Uncle Pete left. Unfortunately, it's too late for us to make a deal now. I've told you too much. As for your legacy, it amounts to a fortune. What's that? A bit of clever penmanship will put it in my hands. Boss, you talk too much. You've said enough now to hang all of us. These two get away. But they won't get away. You beast. Come along, my dear young friend. Yeah, get moving. It'll soon be dark. Where are you taking us? Up beyond the landslide. We'll prepare a place for you there. <laughs> a very snug place. As Sheriff Brady called on the Lone Ranger and Tonto to dismount, preparatory to taking their guns and handcuffing them, the Indian, burdened with a wounded dog, distracted his attention for a moment by saying, well, How me get off horse with dog in arms? Me not want drop him. Him wounded. So you hombre shot him, too. Uh, steady there. I'm down now, so I'll take another look at Deuce. Oh, you poor critter. You know me. Many's the time I've patted you. Oh, these fellas will pay you. At that instant, the masked man leaped from his saddle, grabbing the lawman's gun arm as he landed. Give me that gun, Sheriff. I don't want to hurt you. Never. I won't. Give me the gun, Tonto. He got you covered now. All right. All right. Take it. That's better. You'll get it back in good time. Getting me to look at that dog was a trick and I fell for it. I'll turn in my badge if I have the bad luck to live through this. Sheriff, you're a good man. Or you wouldn't have allowed your sympathy for an animal to put you off guard. We have no intention of harming you. Doggone it, you sound like you mean that. I do. We're going to help you find Tin Cup's murderer. But first, I want to know the circumstances under which he disappeared. Well, I sure can't lose anything by telling that. He came out to the creek on some business for an eastern couple named Clark. Never showed up in town again. Is that all you know? That's all Mrs. Clark told me. I figured I'd find the old coot asleep somewhere. A fiddler and his dog, you know. Oh, where are the Clarks now? Well, somewhere along the creek, I reckon. They took the creek bed, leaving town, and I cut across the desert to the Big Bend. Sheriff, there's a mine-salting scheme on Furrow Creek. Tin cup's been killed. They won't hesitate to kill that young eastern couple, too. 
Great Scott, how do you know that? I'll tell you as we ride. Back into the saddle. Easy, big fellow. Get up there. Night had fallen, and in the dark cave which threatened to become their tomb at any moment, Martha and Brad Clark embraced, weeping silently, as Dodd and his hirelings labored with a boulder just outside. With water licking the bottom of the cavern's mouth, the big rock still resisted every effort to dislodge it. The crooked lawyer panted. Uh, we'll try once more. And all together now. It moves, stuff. Another heave will roll it where we want it. Yeah, let's get our breath first. Hey, Sol, what's that? Oh, it's that dog of tin cups. That ornery brute's come back again. Yes, that howling will carry for miles across the desert. The sheriff's bound to hear it if he keeps it up. Come on, Stubb. Let's get him for good this time. All right, go on, fellas. I'll guard the cave. In the meantime, the Lone Ranger, Tonto, and Sheriff Brady had reached the landslide and were crouched among the rocks with Deuce sitting nearby mourning his dead master. Handicapped by the darkness, they had failed to find any trace of the crooks or the Clark couple except three horses and two burrows. These they had hidden before taking cover themselves. Impatiently, the sheriff asked, What are we doing here, masked man? Deuce has told us what they did to Tin Cup. He's going to bring the killers to us. Why, don't savvy that. After he escaped the landslide, they tried to shoot him, probably because of his howling. They'll try again. Are you using him as bait? He won't get hurt again. Here's your gun. You may need it. Well, thanks, mister. Listen, somebody come. You see him, Gila? Oh, but he's here somewhere. It's time we were both shooting, give him buckshot. There's a permit. Let him have it. Drop your gun. We got you covered. Oh. Help me, Gila. I'm shot. I'm oh, safety. I'm getting out of here. Oh, no, you're not. No, no, don't, 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 how did you get away from Dodd? When he heard the shooting and yelling, he ran off into the desert. Good. I'll find him. Too late, I hope. What do you mean? Hang is too good for that sidewinder, ma'am. A foot without food or water, he'll die a hundred times on the desert. Well, what are you going to do about Tin Cup and Deuce? Well, the old fiddler will have to stay where he is. And I don't reckon you can get the dog to leave. Well, I'm going to try. Maybe you won't know my mind. But he can be sure of my love. It won't work, darling. He's Tin Cup's dog. He'll always be listening for something. The old man's footsteps, his fiddle, or his voice. He'll always want to come back here and follow him into the big mystery. Well, if he does, I'll build a shelter for him here and see that he's never hungry. Come here, Deuce. Come here, old fellow. Come on, boy. And to think I accuse that masked man of stealing him. Sheriff, who is the masked man, anyhow? Well, I got it from the engine. He's the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. (laughs) 